Hello, Bakersfield. I'm Andre Gonzalez. I'm Rachel Magnus. Soy Jesus Gonzalez. <laughs> I'm Carla Barrientos. And you're listening to Hello, Bakersfield, the podcast that fought the law and the law won. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Hello, Bakersfield listeners. Today's episode, we have George Barrientos. Hey, how are you? Hey, good, man. It's good to see you again. I'm happy to be here. And George is a very special guest. The reason I brought up the law is because he is the Director of Marketing and Public Relations for Chain Cone and Styles, one of the uh, longest-serving law firms in Bakersfield. Is that right? Correct. 1934 opened its doors by Morris B. Chain. All right. And George is also a very special guest because... He and I have been friends for about 10 years. He was a reporter with the Bakersfield Californian, an education reporter when I was running for city school board. Correct, but I don't think we can say we were friends then because I was a reporter. That's right. An unbiased reporter. <laughs> well, that was... My favorite thing was to grill you with every question I can imagine. Well, yeah, that's right. We, we've been friends for 10 years, but actually I've known you for much longer. There you go. Uh, and so, and, and yeah, you did ask me some pretty tough questions questions. And so now the tables have been turned (laughs) and we're interviewing you. Uh, But actually I kid because that's not why George is so special. Uh, Not only the reason why he's so special, but he's also the husband of Carla. Yes. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Babe, I have something to tell you. We're married and guess what? What? We also have a kid. Oh my God. I'm not ready for this. (laughs) He's and such a people. cute kid, I might Very have to do. Oh, thank you. That's I, I. When I think of all the science projects I ever had to do in my life, that was the best science project. It's pretty cool. Yeah, we had a good time. Yeah. We had a really good time. Keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> I can but, really go down this road, but okay. <laughs> we're going to move on. <laughs> Take it easy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, George, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Um, have you heard the podcast before? I, I'm an avid listener to it. Okay, yeah, great. every ep- new episode, I'm, I listen to it the day of. You're so guys are doing a great it. job. That's what we like to do. You're doing hear. a great job. Brian Booz is doing a great job. It's Correct. pretty awesome. It's a, it's a positive thing for our town and uh, hope it keeps on going. See, that's all we have to do, guys. We just have to marry a bunch of people so they listen to the <laughs> marry podcast. Marry the yes people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although George has had some good critiques for us, too. Yes. So I, I appreciate your honesty. No, I'm a, I'm a big podcast listener in general. So um, I sincerely mean it when I say you guys are doing a really good job. It's It's high quality stuff and... Um, you know, of course, I'm biased when it comes to the topics that are being discussed, but uh, I love it. All right. Well, we have a lot to talk to you about, and we're going to get to it in just a few minutes. But before we get there, we're going to do our weekly check-in with the crew. Yeah, I, in honor of today's guest, and uh, I know that we're going to touch on the Innovation Lab, which we've mentioned on the podcast, but George has been really at the forefront of making that happen as a board member of the Hub of Bakersfield. And um, also, George and I went through Leadership Bakersfield, the Chamber of Commerce program, together. So I thought it'd be fun for us to start today talking about, you know, the moment we really started to feel connected in the community and really impassioned by making some changes in the community. I know Leadership Bakersfield was, for me, one of those moments when I got to um, work with a great team um, of other Leadership Bakersfield. And what year was that, George? No, two, oh, it's three years ago? Three so, years ago, yeah. yeah. And we got to do the Bumblebee Loves You mural, and it was just so wonderful oh, to fantastic. see the effects of um, installing an incredible mural like that downtown, working with the team to make it happen, bringing in sponsors to make that happen. And, uh, and then my job alone has just been so vital in me getting connected with other creatives and seeing how 
um, much of a creative history we actually have here when that's not maybe necessarily what we're known for and um, truly being able to celebrate that. Um, So when did you guys start to feel connected? Well, for me, um, it was when I got involved with the CSUB Alumni Association. Um, I attended CSUB for my uh, bachelor's degree, my credential, and my master's. And for me, it was a place that allowed my life to dramatically change and and also uh, my entire family. My mom attended. Um, she got her bachelor's, her teaching credential, and her master's there as well. And she was a single mother. And you know, our lives dramatically changed um, the things we had access to because she was able with her degrees to secure a, you know, well-paying job, buy a home here, all those things. So it really affected me and I wanted to give back there. And then my sister also attended, got her bachelor's degree and now is back um, getting her uh, nurse pract- family nurse practitioner uh, master's. So it's one of those places that really brought out the, um, my, my will to serve and to help students that are coming up to make sure that others lives can change as well. And really understanding that this university, the one, you know, four year university we have here is a thriving place, a great place to be. And so important to our, our community and beyond. Um, that's really when I thought I, I gotta give it all I can get. Mm-hmm. And now If anybody needs me, let me know. I love volunteering. (laughs) Uh, How about you, Jesus? Oh, me. Um, Well, you know, living in Bakersfield for, I think, almost five years now, um, I didn't really feel connected until about this time last year when I met Andre, actually, at the first Be in Bakersfield event. I think as a queer Latino, I never felt like I, I had this like misconception about the people of Bakersfield. So I didn't really allow myself to get involved. And I think when I met Andre at that event, I was able to meet a lot of like-minded individuals. And really that kind of started um, to change my perception about the people and just the culture of Bakersfield. And I think that really allowed me to um, have a more positive outlook and perspective, and it allowed me to become more involved. So I started to become, um, you know, more involved with the Be in Bakersfield group, and um, that's led to other opportunities. And um, just recently, um, I'm excited to announce that I'm going to be a part of the Innovation Lab. So yeah. I think that you just have to give Bakersfield the chance. You have to give people the chance, and you know, you can really thrive here. And I think that's hopefully there will be more for me down the road here in this city. So I'm just. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm still amazed that you've just started getting involved a year yeah. ago. Like you have done so much and like <laughs> it's such pretty a incredible. Time. I just love it. The people mm-hmm. here are really great. And I think um, it's all those Ultimo coffees. It's, you're all, yeah, from <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's like craggy, just go, go, go. <laughs> Not that I've tried crack before, but I would imagine. Uh, <laughs> We've seen movies. <laughs> no, but I think once, you know, the good thing about Bakersfield, the awesome thing about Bakersfield is once you start to get involved, there are so many like-minded and and just positive leaders that want to see you, um, you know, succeed. We all want the same thing for our city. And so I think that makes it a lot easier to be involved. And there's so many great organizations that you and can so get involved so much opportunity. With. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, if anyone out there is afraid to get involved, talk to me. I'd, I'd love to be your cheerleader, you know. There's so many awesome organizations and, and opportunities to be involved. That's awesome. What about you, Andre? Yeah, uh, you know, 
I think early, early on, when I was just a little boy, I shared with you in a previous podcast how, how influential my dad was in my life, but he would bring me along. He was a community college counselor at Bakersfield College for 37 years, and he would bring me along to many of his community events. He was on the board of directors for the Friendship House, which is located on Conwood Road uh, during the 80s and 90s. And he was on the board for Las Fiestas, which was a scholarship fund. Um, and they had a Cinco de Mayo um, parade and a, you know event at um, at Stramler Park. And they also did something for 16th of September. And then, uh, you know, he was involved with so many different committees. And just as a little, little boy, he would always bring me along. Um, and, you know, I have five other siblings. And sometimes they would attend as well. But I, but I remember always going with him kind of as a one-on-one thing. And that really opened my eyes to the broader community and the needs in our community. And, um, and also just the number of people who were trying to do good things and good work. And I just caught that bug and wanted to be connected. So I trace it back to childhood. It's mm, awesome. Yeah. No, what a great opportunity for us to all talk about ourselves too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the first segment's all about. Yeah. Thanks for that, Rachel. It's all about us. Oh, you know, I do my best. <laughs> I wonder That's how many- awesome thing about Bakersfield is that there are opportunities to be involved in like a, a bigger city. I think it's harder to kind of, find those opportunities. I know like for me, not to talk about myself, but I grew up in like student, being in student government. And once I left high school, I thought, oh, I'll I'll never be able to, you know, be a leader in the community just because it's such a saturated, um, you know, it's so saturated down in Los Angeles, you know, Mm -hmm. it's hard to kind of get in and, and here people are so willing to uplift you. So I think that's really a a beautiful thing about being. I agree. Like Mm -hmm. studying art, you know, I had no idea what I could actually do and, and make a statement in the community that you're in. It's like, but really I've had so much opportunity here and love what I get to do. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. And, the, and it the, kind of piggybacks, like you get involved with one thing and then some other opportunity arises or you meet someone who is doing something that you really want to get behind and feel passionate yeah. about. It just keeps kind of jumping and the it, opportunity it, it snowballs, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you meet Andre. And then you go to a screeching home. (laughs) (laughs) But it's kind of hard to like say no. If I got you for one, I got you. (laughs) That is true. He's an idea man. (laughs) As my uh, favorite housewife of Beverly Hills says, Erica Jane, uh, don't say you have to say yes to everything, you know, and you have to say yes while while the opportunity comes. Yes, you do. Yes. Thank you, Erica Jane. Erica Jane of Beverly Hills. Yeah, I just appreciate you quoting Housewife. Uh, you know, I like to marry all my, my hobbies and interests. <laughs> all right, we're moving on. Uh, George, welcome to the show. Thank you again. I appreciate you. We did a quick introduction already, um, but this is actually Carla's show, so we'll oh, let her... Yes. I want to hear... An introduction from George's wife. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it has to be... I think not she only, wanted to hear you do it. No, <laughs> no it's going to be far more intimate. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe not. Cue the music. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you, Sue. So our guest today is a an amazing man. Um, he does a lot for the community. Um, he is my baby daddy. That's one of the best things about him. <laughs> um, but he, he's really involved um, really wherever he can help and make Bakersfield better. He, he does and he tries. And he's one of those people who he won't get behind something unless he's 100% 
full in passionate about it. Um, and so we have him here today to talk about some of those things that he's into and he's behind and I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks love. Love you too. (laughs) So George, we want to talk about you obviously, but before we do so, we've been hinting around and mentioning the, uh, the innovation lab. Can Mm -hmm. you give us a primer of, of what that's all about? Yeah. Um, so the innovation lab in a nutshell, the, the goal of it is to bring a lot of like-minded individuals together, people who are passionate about Bakersfield, about improving um, whatever it is they want to improve in our town. Uh, and maybe they haven't had that opportunity to do that before, possibly. Um, bring them together, give them the tools to figure out how to make a difference uh, in our city um, show them other places around California that are doing this stuff, uh, perhaps borrow some of those ideas, bring them back into town and actually do something about it. Um, and, you know, when we thought about this concept, uh, we kind of had that faith that people, there would, there would be a lot of people out there that would think similarly to us and that would want to be involved. But, you know, when you launch a new project, you kind of get nervous about it. So and this is all part of the hub of Bakersfield. Correct. It's a, it's a committee, the people committee. Correct. So the hub of Bakersfield is a nonprofit worked on working on urban renewal in Bakersfield. Uh, disclosure, this podcast is a part of uh, the hub of Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. And, um, and anyway, the Innovation Lab has just been launched. And as you're mentioning now, mm-hmm. uh, this committee, the people committee, really spent a lot of time you know, thinking through this concept of Innovation Lab. And when you launched it, you're saying that we were all kind of nervous about whether or not people were going to respond. Sure, exactly. So it's uh, I'm involved as well as uh, Heather Laganelli and um, Caitlin Yates. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, again, we're, we're the hub of Bakersfield as a whole includes a, t- a ton of people that are pretty like-minded. They, they want to see this place thrive. Little by little, um, ultimately a place where people are proud to call this home, especially the, the urban core where, uh, where we know that, you know, when we visit towns ourselves, these are the places we want to be and hang out, the downtown area. So anyway, we interviewed, um, we first out sent the applications out and initially we're hoping to, to have ultimately eight to 12 people involved in the innovation lab. We ended up getting almost 40 applications. Wow, and this is uh, you know pretty in depth program. It's a ten month program. Um, you know we we ask for a fee for the program. Um, it meet twice so twice a month. So it's it's pretty in you know it's pretty intensive. So that was kind of our worry too: is would people have enough um, you know dedication to seeing this through? Ultimately, forty people applied. We interviewed um, close to maybe twenty two of them, right? And and the really inspiring thing was every single one of those people we interviewed felt exactly the same way as we do here in this room and all the other um, uh, candidates for the program. So Jesus was one of those that were just like, we have to, we have, to have this person on the, on the first class. And, you know, the, the really tough thing is most of those people were like that. We just had to make some tough choices for that first class. Um, but you'll see that, Jesus, that, yeah. that when you meet your classmates, it's super inspiring how passionate all these people are. 
Mm. Yeah, I think it's going to be really exciting. And can you share um, a little bit more, George, about the the curriculum and kind of what's involved with um, or in this ten month program for our listeners who might be interested in maybe applying for this next year? Yeah, no, that's that's great. Um, so Rachel mentioned Leadership Bakersfield. There's there's a lot of programs in this town that focus on you know leadership, for example, or uh, improving yourself, right? This one maybe has a little bit of that, but that's not the goal. The goal of this one is to learn and hear from people who are change makers, who know how to get things done. Uh, again, visit other cities and see what they're doing uh, good, how, how they're doing it, and again, bringing those ideas back here. Um, so each class, you'll hear from a different change maker in our town, um, hear how exactly they did it. And again, take those tools, use those tools for this class and do something with it. That's really neat. And there's a, a presentation, I believe, that there's uh, involved too. Can you talk a little bit more about that, the um, the book, books that will be selected? Sure, and- yeah. So there's a, there's a ton of, you know, obviously research and studies on how to improve cities, the best ways to do that. What are the best practices for this stuff? So uh, as part of the lab, we're giving, you know, sort of a kind of a, um, you know, think back to your school, school age days, the book reports, right? <laughs> you read up on this, these books. Of course, none of us, we don't have time necessarily to read all these books. So we're going to split the books into groups and then um, you know, again, these are really inspiring books and the, the, the innovation lab, we're calling them innovators. The innovators will give reports to the rest of the classmates on what they've learned and perhaps how we can use those ideas. That's really neat. When, um, you know, when I got the letter of, um, acceptance into the program, I thought it was, you guys did such an amazing job, um, and, and really building a comprehensive program that is going to bring about change to Bakersfield. I think that's what made me so excited about it is that there's going to be something tangible left in the, in the community after this program. Um, so I, I don't know necessarily if our listeners uh, know that. So I think that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And it'll, it'll be fun too. That's the, that's the thing that we're hoping to ultimately do, you know, giving back, doing something for others that should be fun. Right. Yeah, so that's, absolutely. that's at the core of what we're trying to do. And to inspire others and, and future leaders in the community, I think those those kids in high school who, uh, or you know, those younger kids who might think, well, I, I want to leave Bakersfield because there's just you know not this certain type of opportunity here. I think inspiring them to uh, be change makers and to um, if they don't see you know what the type of city they want to live in to to make that happen. Hmm. Cool. Hey, uh, George, let me ask you this. Uh, so you are on the board of directors for the hub of Bakersfield. Um, and you were one of the first people I approached to join the board along with, uh, Rachel and, um, who, who also serves on the board. Let me ask you, why is urban renewal or downtown revitalization so important to you? Yeah, I, I think I kind of alluded to it. You know, I'm a big traveler. Me and Carla are, we love visiting other cities, other countries. And, um, you know, any, any time we visit these places, we spend a good amount of time downtown, right? Or at least in the, what they would, uh, how they design to be their center of their place, right? So we have that too, kind of. I mean, it's, this is Bakersfield, so it's spread out everywhere. Um, you know, you have to have a car to get around. Uh, kind of, right? I mean, we have to get bus. We don't have a, a rail system or anything like that, that that's easy to get around. But uh, in any case, that's what we should have here, ultimately, is a place where people can visit when they do visit here, um, a place to visit if they live here, um, to, to play, um, to work even, uh, and really to, f- for us, I think, and ultimately the, the whole hub of Bakersfield, what, what we think is, 
that's the way to do it is to, um, you know, and, and let's be honest, we don't necessarily have the prettiest downtown right now. Um, so, but it, it's going to take somebody to change that, right? So why not us? Um, you know, why, why not every single person in this room that feels passionate about it? Why not be involved and, and make that change happen? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Let's talk a little bit about you. Um, are you from Bakersfield and when did you... Yeah, so I moved here when I was 10 years old yeah. um, from Orange County. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went through elementary, high school here. I actually grew up in Greenfield, uh, which okay. is the, the south, uh, let's see, southeast part of Bakersfield. Um, I mean, pretty gritty, you know, still is. Um, you know, I could easily gotten into lots of trouble, um, like, uh, you know, some of my friends have and maybe didn't make it out. And to be honest, you know, even a family member of mine didn't make it out and ended up in jail and all that stuff. That could have very easily, easily been me. And for some reason, I stayed in school, you know, followed um, people that I thought would would help me continue on that path and um, went to Ridgeview High School, graduated from there. Um, I, I w- did the journalism program at Ridgeview High School and I thought, uh, well, what else am I going to do? I guess I'll continue that. So I, I ended up going to Chico State to study journalism and spent, uh, was really happy to do that. I mean, that's six hours north of Bakersfield. You know, just like all of us, probably we want to get out of Bakersfield as soon as we can when we're younger to explore the world and whatnot. So did that, um, studied abroad while I was in, in Chico too. So got to experience that. That was pretty life-changing. Um, and then I, I worked at the Orange County Register. So I graduated with my bachelor's degree and um, worked for the Orange County Register for a couple of years. And you know, that was, to be honest, that was pretty much a dream job there. I was covering um, places like Seal Beach and Los Alamitos. Those were my city beats. So I was spending time on the beach covering, you know, city councils and schools and business and government and all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, sometimes happens, love calls. And I met this... <laughs> ring, ring, George. <laughs> I actually went to high school with Carla, and, and we, were, we were okay friends. Um, we didn't really know each other all that much. He said I wore the same shirt every day. Oh, for sure. It was a little uh, puppy dog on the shirt or something like that. <laughs> Some Scotty dog. Well, hey, at least you know he's paying attention to you. Hey. <laughs> You're right, Asus. So um, we, we talked on and off while you know we were doing our um, university stuff, and um, when I moved to Orange county closer to bakersfield we kept on talking and then ultimately moved back decided to make the move back um worked for the bakersfield californian for five years um as a reporter and then uh, managing the magazine division um over there and then chain cone styles called we're looking for a marketing person so decided to make the jump into marketing and long story short that's that brings me to today so i've been there about five and a half years Great. That's really cool. How do you handle it all? You know, you are so involved in the community and you, you know, sit on so many boards. Um, I mean, like, I, how do you how do you do it? How do you uh, know what to say yes to and what to say no to? Yeah, no, that's actually a really tough uh, thing to do, especially for, for me now having a, you know, a baby boy at home and, you know, wife and you still want to have a social life, right? And all that stuff. So uh, I'm kind of in that conundrum now. You got to pick and choose when it comes down to it. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you alluded to it earlier, you know, just say yes to everything. Right. Uh, so that's, uh, when the opportunity comes, say yes, that's kind of how I approach things, um, early on. Hey, do you, do you want to serve on this board? Sure. Never done it before, but sure. Why not? Um, you know, even this marketing thing, I, I, my bachelor's degrees in journalism, they approached me to do marketing. I said, never done it before, but I'll give it a shot. Let's do it. Um, do you ever get overwhelmed? Like, you know, when you first started 
committing to all of these things. Sometimes, I don't know, I feel overwhelmed sometimes. And um, I'm like, wow, how do people do it? I mean, it's it's uh, amazing once you're in it, but sometimes it's just like, whoa, this is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a, I, it's funny. I think it's all relative, right? I yeah. mean, we, we uh, I think ultimately we can do a lot of things that we don't think we're capable of, and then you just do them yeah. because you're going to get things done. But, you know, I, I kind of asked the same question to Andre, too. Like, I see how much he's involved in, yeah. but he's still sta- sitting right here looking at me wide awake. and um, <laughs> With a smile on his exactly, face. Exactly, <laughs> with a smile on his face. And you know what? That's important, too, I think, is to have a, a, yeah. have a, a positive outlook on everything. You know, I, I think you could be overwhelmed about everything if you let yeah. anything um, if you le- if you think about anything being overwhelming, yeah. just don't think it's overwhelming. I know yeah. it's hard to do, but I think that's kind of how I approach it, yeah. right? Honestly, I'm just going to get shit done and yeah. not, not complain about it, yeah. not worry about it, and it'll happen. It'll be that's good. It's a good attitude to there, have. There are a couple of times in, in, my, in my life during the year that I feel like, what the hell am I doing? Like, yeah. there's just so much coming at me, and there's so many deadlines and things that I've committed to, things that I've, I started yeah. and I have to finish, and everything is pulling at me at the same time. Yeah. And that's when it gets really, really hard because there's just not enough time. And, it, and you know, you just got to do it. You just got to work as fast as possible and yeah. efficient as possible. But, but beyond that, beyond those two times a year, like you just kind of figuring it out, you know, yeah. just kind of figure out the rhythms and then certain things just kind of work well together. And then, um, but this is not an episode about me. Uh, <laughs> I just thought I'd chime in. But actually, George, what I wanted to ask is um, give the listeners a sense of what other committees and other things you are involved with, because you are involved with quite a few yeah. different initiatives. Yeah. Um, so obviously I have a full-time job uh, with Chain Cone Styles. Um, kind of re- a little bit connected to that. We're super deeply involved with uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, the local chapter here. And um, that is something that uh, the firm is committed to. And also myself, um, the unfortunate thing is we see way too many of these types of crashes, DUI crashes in town. Um, and we see them, we see the victims, the innocent victims of these crashes coming through our doors all the time. Do we have a higher rate of crashes locally than yeah. we do in, than in other communities? Yeah, this is going to blow you guys away. So uh, annually, we see more than 4,000 DUI arrests per year. Wow. That's, that's 12 per day. Um, and just think about those are the only ones that, that we're catching, yeah. right? Um, we are the number one county in California as far as um, injury crashes related to DUI. Wow. Number two wow. in the nation. Wow. Why is that? Oh my gosh. You know, that's a question we get a lot. Um, and honestly, I don't know if I have a full grasp of that. You know, it could be just a, an education thing. Um, you know, the fact that we have so many drivers uh, in this area, everybody drives, right? Everybody drives. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that's, a, that's kind of a, a issue that, we're trying to tackle and we're trying to grasp by educating people on why you shouldn't. And, you know, you would think that people know that by now, but um, not really. I mean, this is the, the, the amount of damage you can do by drinking and driving or just driving under the influence in general, right, of pills or marijuana or whatever it is. Um, not only can you crash and, you know, hurt yourself, hurt your family, hurt other innocent people, but, you know, it's an expensive issue, right? It's an expensive thing to go through. Um, it could ruin your life, frankly, so... You know, it's not worth it is what I always try to say. Um, You know, I'm a big drinker. I like beer. I like craft beer. Um, And the message isn't don't drink. It's just don't drink or don't take 
stuff and get behind the wheel and everything's going to be fine, you know? You would think that, you know, given the fact that Uber and Lyft are now so easily available that those numbers would drop. Yeah, but, um, you know, I, I think there is some movement, but it's still way too high um, to, to flaunt about, you know? Um, but anyway, so that's a, that's a big, um, that's a big thing that I'm involved in. In mm-hmm. fact, we have a, an annual Good work, man. Thank I, you. I appreciate that. We no. have an annual fundraising event, um, each fall and this year it's September 28th. Okay. Uh, it's a fundraising event to, again, um, educate the public on school. We go and make school presentations and whatnot. We, um, uh, have a person that helps victims of DUI crashes, um, go through the court system cause it's a very foreign system, that type of thing. Uh, besides that, of course, um, the Bakersfield Museum of Art, I'm on the board for that, on the board for the Hispanic Chamber uh, Business Education Foundation. And um, I, I, Jesus, you talked about, um, you know, picking and choosing and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I had to let my board membership lapse for the symphony orchestra. But at the same time, I served my term, right? If you're yeah. going to commit some t- yeah. to something, you got to commit to it, follow it through. Yeah. Um, so I'm no longer on the board there. Um, and I, I don't know if I'm missing something. I kind of lose track. No, you do a lot, okay. and I appreciate you. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying yes to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, in the hub of Bakersfield. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, but actually, seriously, you know, I, I've been talking to a lot of different nonprofit leaders. I don't know if the museum has this issue, probably not, but a lot of other nonprofits are struggling right now finding board members and finding people who want to serve on the board. And I guess, you know, historically, there were people who, um, you know, got paid to serve on boards or, or their employers allowed them to, you know, spend more and more time. And I guess uh, what, what people are observing is that's, um, that's more rare now. Yeah. And, and fewer employers are actually affording the time for their employees to, to spend outside of work. And uh, that combined with, you know, the new kind of generational shift, more millennials are taking over and they're this is not my perspective, but yeah. what some people say is they're, they they want a, an experience, they want to participate and volunteer, but they don't necessarily want to make a commitment to serve on a board. And so, but the the peril of that is that board leadership is required for a lot of these nonprofits to do the work. Like we, you know, I serve on a lot, a lot of boards. I am part of a lot of nonprofits and we need a lot of board, a lot of board members and we're all struggling right now. And perhaps this, you know, could be a call to action to other community leaders. You know, these board members are are needed. Uh, maybe having an active program where we change that culture um, in in these different businesses to allow time for um, for people in their organization to serve on these boards, mm-hmm. um, because it is such an important piece, and a lot of nonprofits can't uh, operate without them. Well, and I think there's such a um, focus and shift to really creating a diversified board right now, which is a wonderful shift, but it also lends itself to, um, you know, you might not be able to, or you can't always just bring the highest up in the company because you want to have a board that represents all different socioeconomics from Absolutely. the community. And so it's finding the right people to sit on the board too that are willing and able to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, George, thanks for providing a good example <laughs> I'm for happy all of us. You know, this community has, um, as I'm sure you all feel the same way, it's given so much to me, right, that, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is the Maya Angelou quote, right? When when you get, give, right? When you learn, teach. Um, so I, I follow that pretty pretty dedicatedly. You know, it's um, so much has been given to me. Why not give that back out to whoever else needs it? Where you can, right? Where you can. Yeah. And I, what I think is, is so cool, too, is, um, you know, 
we've talked about this with Raji Bra, how visibility is such uh, an important um, piece to inspire other young leaders. And, you know, you talking about uh, where you came from in Bakersfield, that I think is so integral and inspirational to change um, the community and to inspire younger people that, hey, you can, you may not come from, you know, the best place and, uh, but you can make a difference. You can grow up and you can make a difference. So um, I, I just want to applaud you for that. I think that's so awesome. All right, we're going to move on to the next segment, but I just want to say one more thing about George. He has always been a stand-up guy. Uh, I remember when I was on the city school board, I was on the board for six years, we had a number of education reporters covering the school district. And some were just kind of, you know, fly by night. They would write these, you know, stories that had nothing to do with what was actually reality. Um, Some would just kind of, you know, pop in and pop out of a, a school board meeting. George, when he was the education reporter, would attend every single school board meeting, every single one. And he would stay the whole time, even when he was not writing an article necessarily. He was he would just attend, just be there so that he could get background, so that he can stay up to date on what was happening and keep his pulse on that school district. And I thought that was amazing. I mean, that was exceptional journalism because even though he didn't write always what I wanted him to write, (laughs) he didn't always make us look, you know, great. I mean, he was telling, he was telling a story and he was telling, um, he was giving, you know, the readers the, um, the version of truth that he wanted to project. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He was reporting. He was doing his job. Okay, I, I respect journalists. He was doing his job, and but um, but nonetheless, he had he did it with integrity, and he did it with a, a sense of commitment and duty. Um, and it, he he was really he took it very seriously. He took his craft very seriously, and he does that continuously in all his work. I appreciate that, and you know, I think I think my message to that is. Um, you know, I don't, I don't particularly think of myself as anything special, right? I don't have an extraordinary talent or anything like that. Um, but I think what, why I have been successful in the various things that I've done is simply caring, right? Just putting in the care of whatever it is you do. If you decide to do anything, in my case, it was journalism, care in what you're doing. If you're going to be reporting on something, um, care what all the viewpoints are, care that, um, you know, that you're being perceived as being unbiased, you know, that type of thing. And I think you can um, use that point of view in, in a lot of different things in your life and you can't go wrong, you know, no matter if you, what you're doing, if you just put in some care, you'll be fine. I love it. That's, yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's very inspirational. I feel like this is such an inspirational episode. <laughs> I know. If I wasn't married to you, I would marry you. <laughs> Carla's going to ask you out on a date, George. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to 73 questions inspired by Vogue's 73 questions. The, the, whoever we call ourselves, uh, the crew here, uh, we have a list of questions that we prepared, and we're going to try to work through this list as quickly as possible. We're going to put five minutes on the clock, ask you to just respond, give us your honest, earnest answer as quickly as possible, and we're going to count up the number of questions um, and see how well you do. And we're going to begin with, uh, we can begin with Carla, and then we'll go to me, then Rachel, then Jesus, and we'll keep round Robert, Robin, I cannot talk today, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're going to continue to go around and around. 
until five minutes are up. Okay, and we're going to begin right now. Okay, um, what's one purchase of $100 or less that's made an impact in your life? $100 or less. You know, I have this really cool, and I actually got this from uh, Tim Ferriss, another good podcast. Um, it's a massage ball that I keep at my desk. And whenever I'm, you know, if you sit down a lot, that's a, I mean, that's like a less than $20 purchase that really makes you feel good throughout the day. Um, what will they say in your eulogy? <sighs> he cared. Best vacation you've ever taken. Best vacation. Oh man, this is tough. Taking so many good vacations. Um, I will say, I'll say Aruba when I went on a honeymoon with my honey. Um, what is a challenge you've had to overcome in the city of Bakersfield? Um, you know, honestly, a, a challenge overcoming Bakersfield. I'll just give one. It's, um, you know, I'm Latino as well. And, um, you know, it's sometimes you're in a room and you're the only Latino in the room. Um, and that can be a little tough. Uh, but I think just, you know, being yourself and not really letting that get in your head and how, you know, maybe, yeah, I'll just leave it there. Just, yeah. you know, that, that could be a yeah. little tough sometimes. I understand. Um, favorite Bakersfield restaurant? Uh, Luigi's is probably number one. Who do you look up to? I look up to my mother. What's your spirit animal? A lemur. Ooh, um, <laughs> cute. so exotic. What type of development would you like to see uh, more of in the city? I'd like to see more. Um, I want to see more family-friendly places. Um, that, that's something a lot of the candidates for the Innovation Lab mentioned. And, um, you know, honestly, I didn't think about it much until they mentioned it and also until having a, a child of my own, how many different places. Um, you know, we don't have a, a wide selection. There are very few places where you can go. Um, Tembler being one of them. I love Tembler where you can just go have a, a beer and it's kid friendly and your kid can run about and you can have some beer. What's the best part of your day? <sighs> Waking up to <laughs> Carla and my son. <laughs> uh, funniest joke you've heard. I don't think that's appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like to spend your birthday? Um, not doing much. Just, celebrating the fact that made it another year. What are you most enchanted by? Uh, nature. Your favorite wife. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Barrientos. <laughs> Who's your best friend? Um, Carla's getting too much love right now. <laughs> I'm going to say my, my Shih Tzu Leon. Dog's yeah. man's best friend, right? Uh -huh. um, have you ever had imposter syndrome? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, another quote I like is, you know, just fake it till you make it right. Mm -hmm. Shit. Yeah. You know, not all, we don't know everything. None of us know everything. So just fake it till you make it. I think that's a perfect imposter syndrome. And I think that's a, a positive way to look at it too. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I, I've been here before. I know how to do this. Mm -hmm. Well, that's half of it. Just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, uh, what is the best piece of advice you would give to someone who's thinking about moving to the city of Bakersfield? Do it. You'll be happy. Um, go out, make some friends. Uh, they'll become family. Um, sweet or savory? Sweet. All right. If you could travel back in time 20 years and tell a younger self one thing, what would it be? 
I would tell myself to not sweat the small stuff. Uh, and also don't think about the past because there's nothing you can do to change it. Absolutely nothing you can do to change the past. Mm-hmm. What's the perfect night out in Bakersfield? Perfect night out. We'll go, uh, we'll start in the day at Luigi's for brunch, right? Uh, maybe pop in another Old Town Kern establishment for Moscow Mule. Um, go home, take a little nap, right? Because you need a nap after that. <laughs> yeah, after that. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, maybe there's a show or something about town. You go to that show, um, have a couple more drinks, take that Uber home, get some good night's sleep. You just created a whole day for our <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 ready. Is it my turn? It is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you have any hidden talents, George? Um, I, I would think of myself as pretty musical. Played the drums for a little bit. Um, so I would probably say music. What's Bakersfield's best kept secret? Um, I would say... I would say the community... Maybe community involvement aspect of it. Um, I would also say... T- <laughs> Tacos, which I don't want to give too much, but there's the best tacos in town are um, at um, FX Debo on Chester. Try oh. those tacos out. That's the best kept secret. Oh, don't tell everyone our secret. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We're gonna have a we're gonna have to have a taco tour at some point. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh! That sounds so good. Taco tour with Hello Bakersfield. <laughs> it, is, it is Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> oh, maybe we can start today. Yeah. <laughs> we're recording on Tuesday, but okay. That was twenty-one questions, George. So no, that was weak. Uh, yeah. Well, definitely the worst. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you're still the, the best in my answers. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, we appreciate you. Appreciate everything you're doing for our community, and on a personal, I appreciate all of the all the wonderful things that you've contributed in my life and being a great example of a human being. So, oh, thank you very thanks, much. Thanks, man. It's very nice. Carla, do you want to say something? Yes. Okay. (laughs) And I'm going to ditto that. Thanks for being an incredible, inspirational person to me in my life and the best dad that I could ever imagine. Very nice. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Getting all the feels in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, George. Thank you. And thank you, the listeners, for listening to another episode of Hello Bakersfield. Special thanks to Brian Boozer at Om Studios for producing today's show and to Hate Drugs for the opening theme music. That's our show. We'll be back next week with another episode of Hello Bakersfield. But until then, bye Bakersfield. Goodbye. Hasta luego. Bye. 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 <laughs>